As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, I'm Stefania. Hi, I'm Yanis. Welcome to Paros. Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, June 1st. Happy Pride Month. We're back in the Classic Factory. Though you really got to ask yourself, <laughs> did we ever leave? I'm J.E. Skeets. <laughs> and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? I definitely sent that cold open in to J.D. Ah, <laughs> uh, We got our Top Shot Hot Boy. Plays a mean guitar, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The International Man of Mystery. Taking it to the Max Liellis. And last, certainly not least, super producer JD. Hello! There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, hit that like button, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, comment away, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Today would be a great day to send them in because we're hitting the beach tomorrow. Full beach stepping podcast tomorrow uh, as we get into game one there on Thursday night. We're doing our preview and predictions for the NBA Finals here today, so don't you worry about that. But we are a little tired, maybe this morning, or at least I can't speak for everybody, but I'm a little tired. A very successful charity drive, though, last night. Definitely. Raising, at the time, $23,000. Yes, twenty three k for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, though I just checked, and we're like 60 bucks or something away from uh, $25K. So, hey, maybe... A few of you joining us here on the stream team this morning can uh, 
hit that benchmark of 25k because we really want to get to 30k overall we're going to leave this donation page up for a couple of weeks here and sam who's helping us out in the uk he did say if it if we somehow find a way to 50k <laughs> he's getting his first ever tattoo so there's that as well um a no a no tattoo yeah yes i didn't say that part you're right <laughs> it's not uh, just going to be an octopus both true. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had a blast last night. You can go watch the stream if you want to. It's four hours long. Matty O makes an appearance. It's oh, great to oh. see him. California <laughs> Air treating him well. Oh, for sure. And maybe all that spinach and beans treating him well as well. He's got in his fridge. <laughs> we had, we we had Trey today. playing sheepdog tunes. and I mean, technically, it was a you and Curry solo uh, song. Good point. But, you know, it's all in the sheepdog's universe, the yeah. dogiverse. Tass turned into a troll. You'll have to go watch the video for that to make sense. We played Ice Chest. I went to sleep with a strikeout still on my chest. <laughs> sort of was a little alarmed when I woke up this morning. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Sporkle quizzes, popping mm. packs. Yeah. It's eating great. chips. Yeah. Celebrity encounters. All the photos of Lee Ellis you, can, you could ever want. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Matty O. I mean, he was the, the star of the show uh, last yeah. night. <laughs> Brought back the Lynn Shake. Yeah, I see Zabe here is saying, I hope his computer is okay. He <laughs> followed up late last night and said he got most of <laughs> the shake out of yeah. his keys. Yes. And he saved the rest of the portobello mushroom <laughs> to fry up in a frying pan mm. as well. As, so, you, as he should. Yeah. As he should. So, yes, thanks to everybody that joined us live last night uh, for that charity drive or everybody checking it out later and everybody that has donated and will hopefully continue to donate, try and get us to uh, 30K there. But we got to get to business here. Because the finals start on Thursday night. Celtics Warriors in the 2022 finals. Beantown Boys, first appearance in the finals since 2010. And it's the Warriors' uh, sixth finals appearance in the last eight years, which is pretty impressive. Throw the schedule up if you got it, JD, just to remind everyone. But while you find it or do, during the regular season, the Celtics and Warriors, if you care, they split the season series 1-1 each team, okay, winning on the other's home Mm -hmm. floor. But both games, you know, missing key players – and sticking with like sort of the health angle here, neither team is going to start this series at 100% full strength. I mean, we're at the finals. Really, no one is at this point. But Rob Williams, the Time Lord, dealing with soreness and swelling in his uh, surgically repaired knee there. And Marcus Smart still has soreness with that sprained right ankle. On the Warriors side, they got like three role players trying to come back. Uh, Iguodala with the neck injury. Gary Payton the second with the broken elbow that he suffered against the Grizzlies, and Otto Porter Jr., Otto Man, uh, trying to get back over that foot injury that he aggravated in the West Finals. They've all returned to practice, those role players, but I don't think there's been official word on whether they're good to go in Game 1 or even the Finals. Yes, that's right, that's right. So nobody's fully healthy, but this should be an awesome, entertaining Finals here. Got some questions for you guys Mm. and everybody in the stream team, so play along. First one, Trey, get us started. What's your favorite storyline about these 2022 NBA Finals? The Warriors are back! Definitely is my favorite storyline. We haven't talked about it a ton Mm because I don't think we're big legacy heads Mm. here in the Classic Factory, but what the Warriors have done is bordering on legendary, to be quite honest. You mentioned it, Skeets. Their sixth finals in eight years. First time since the Bulls. The only others to do it are the Lakers and Celtics, which both had like nine spans of sending six teams to the finals or something like that. Those are the greatest dynasties ever. The only other team that uh, the Warriors ever get compared to are the Spurs, the Tim Duncan Spurs. And you can really see the similarities there as well because 
This is the third different version of the Warriors, the Steph Curry Warriors going for the titles. They had the strength in numbers team back in 15 and 16 when they were a lot of people's second favorite team and a great story for the league. Obviously, Steph uh, had the unanimous MVP season, which came up short in the finals. Then you had the KD Hamptons 5 from 17 to 19. Basically, everybody's least favorite team. Some people said they ruined the sport. Not true, Uh, but they're back now. So that's super impressive, but it's a surprise. I would say not a surprise they're back considering they still have Steph, Draymond, and Clay, but it wasn't a guarantee either. Clay's been hurt for basically two and a half seasons. It, like you're mentioning all the injuries, Skeets, but this is almost like the healthiest the Warriors have been since 2019. Curry stayed great, played at an MVP level when he's been on the floor, but he missed a bunch of time since 2019 as well. Played five games the season after KD left. Draymond has looked great defensively since KD left, but... Sometimes it's forgotten about offense. has become a little bit of a Dennis Rodman on the Bulls era at this point. And definitely checked out during some of the down years, especially when Curry went down. There are numerous times it looked like the Warriors could make an all-in move, and maybe they should. They could have traded Wiggins and Wiseman for a player before that draft. Pretty impressive that they've got this far having a number two pick that didn't play at all this season. They could have traded the Moody and Kaminga picks for a player. Instead, they stuck to their plan, and it worked out even though Steph and Draymond weren't 100% in on the plan, but they were in enough because of Steph. Kerr has always compared him to Tim Duncan because it's pretty special when the best player on your team is also the best teammate on your team. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big uh, like best players of all time ranker, but if the Warriors pull off another title seven years after winning their first one with the same star in an era where teams change all the time and the super team is a different super team every year, That looks pretty great on a resume. So it's cool to see the Warriors back here, especially considering they look great at the beginning of the season. You know, know, struggled a little bit during the middle part of the season, and the Suns were so far ahead that it looked like, oh, looks like we got a good Warriors team, but they might not have a chance. Obviously, the Suns got knocked off, and the Warriors took care of business against the Mavs to make it back to the sixth finals in eight years. And I don't know, it feels like more like the early years of the Warriors, right? Yeah. The the home-built era of right. the Warriors, which is very fun. Yeah, if yeah. and when they win this thing, it's going to elevate that title that they won in 2015 because it's been diminished just because, they, I mean, the, since then they lost the 3-1 series and then the Kevin Durant years. So people don't look at it as favorably as they should. And it will mean a heck of a lot more if they bookend it with this one. And I say bookend. Not to say that this is the end, because it definitely feels like Spursy. It feels like they can go for another five, six, seven years with uh, the bridge that they've built with Kuminga and Wiseman and Moody and Poole. Uh, but uh, to to me, it's just, we. I, I guess we didn't maybe didn't expect them to be back here just because it's been years and years and years of ridicule, and it's easy to forget this is a, a homegrown team just like the Celtics are. Yep. And. Uh, they did it the right way in 2015, but always, you know, generally, I think, you know, as a casual basketball fan, you start thinking of KD, you start thinking of three one, you don't think of 73 and nine, really, you don't think of a homegrown championship. So that will, yeah, that'll prop up that championship again, and it'll make it more of the story rather than just KD and three one. So that's what I like about this for the Warriors side. What about you, Lee? What's your favorite storyline for this finals? Well, I'll just uh, sort of echo on that because there's been some memes going around lately of like Kevin Durant on the Warriors and Kyrie Irving on the Celtics and those two guys joined up and they both got knocked out in the first round. It always it sort of felt like Kevin Durant left the Warriors because he heard all the like, you can't, you got to win one without Steph. 
and he went away. He got his own team. He got everything he wanted there in Brooklyn, and now they're out. And Steph basically sort of was like, all right, well, if you want to go, go. And now he's back there. So KD needed one without Steph more than Steph needed one without KD. And Steph may now get one, and he might get the finals MVP as well. I mean, he's certainly the favorite to do that. So it is quite a... Well, this would be Steph getting another one without KD. But a finals MVP, I mean, yes, yes. (laughs) Do you really think a finals MVP matters to his legacy at all? Well, no, not to his legacy. But now that he's like, he's been there, he's three-time champ, it's like, okay, Steph should win it this time. I mean, he's the clear-cut favorite for the Warriors to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, there's no sort of Kevin Durant like there was there in those two. But again, those two, like Tass is saying there... Kevin Durant, finals MVP, he's a two-time champion. We all acknowledge that, but it doesn't feel like those were the toughest championships anyone's ever won. It was like, I mean, I remember we were doing the show. It was like, how are you really going to, how is anyone going to beat this Warriors team unless they get injured like they did in 2019 against the Raptors? Raptors still deserve to win that, but Kevin Durant. Thank you. (laughs) But but Kevin Durant didn't play. No. I mean, Richard Jefferson, who was on those Cavs teams, just came out recently and said, we couldn't beat those Kevin Durant teams. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I just feel that, uh, and also like what Trey's saying there, everyone's trying to build a super team. Everyone's trying to go and play with their friends and, and just load their team up. But ultimately, the Warriors drafted Steph. They drafted Clay. They drafted Draymond. They drafted Kevon Looney. Steve Kerr has been there as well since 2015. They plucked him out of the uh, out of the commentary booth with Marv Albert, mm-hmm. took a risk, and uh, ultimately they have gone out there and now they're back in the finals. They, and, and the funny thing is, of the six and eight years, the two years they missed, they missed the playoffs altogether. So it wasn't like they had a couple of like lean years or anything like that as far as getting to the playoffs. They were, they were injured, and things just sort of caught up with them a little bit. But then they didn't sort of blow up the team and start all over again. And they have invested in their players. You know, they've, they've invested in obviously Draymond and Clay and Steph. They've all got the big contracts, and they're going. You know, Wiggins is. His, his contract in the offseason is going to be interesting as well. Mm. So the Warriors, who were said they were light years ahead, have actually now gotten back there by basically keeping true to that same formula that worked seven or eight years ago, which in, in the sporting world is a, is a lifetime ago. But I think Tass said it. Celtics have also done this here. They're in the finals, but these are guys they drafted in mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown and Smart. Yeah. Uh, you know, as their three core guys. And then, of course, there's pieces and getting Horford back and all that. But uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive as well. Yeah. And they're obviously much, much younger. Yeah, if you look at the the rotations for each team, it's just one guy, really, from either team that's been brought back. Horford for the Celtics and Wiggins for the Warriors. Other than that, that's homegrown stuff right yeah, there. That's yeah, Pretty neat. This is the NBA changing a little bit. I guess you said, <laughs> yeah, the Warriors missed the playoffs for two years. It's easy to compare them to the Spurs. I guess the Spurs are better, though. They never miss the playoffs. Mm, that's true, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see what the Warriors do in terms of titles, but it is wild to, to think that these the two titles that they won – with Kevin Durant, it just it's, it doesn't you know they they just don't mean as much no. uh, as some other titles, and uh, this is going to be good for for Steph. And there's going to be if they win, there's going to be no cute votes from the voters in terms of Finals MVP. No, they can't. Steph Curry no, no would cuties, have to no. be absolute garbage in this Finals. <laughs> Let's be honest here, for him not to get Finals MVP, yes. he would have to be so bad. That they would like be like, we can't give it to you, even though we want to. Uh, he can be average. I mean, look, Steph Curry average is still better than 99% of the guys in the league, but average and he gets the vote. Well, he's uh, going to have defensive players if they were on him, though. So, uh... Yeah, look, hey. And, you know, you see the stack going around. The Celtics are the only team in the Steve Kerr era that have played the Warriors well and actually have a winning percentage against them. You know, you're only playing twice every se- uh, series, uh, season, excuse me, mm. but they've had success. A big part of that is smart. Yeah. At least making life a little bit difficult for Curry. 
tiring them out at the very least. Absolutely. And, and the Celtics' defense is fantastic. They'll be up for this challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just as I mentioned yesterday, the Celtics in the defense in the playoffs haven't really seen a team like this where they spread the floor as well as the Warriors do. It's been more focused on a big guy, and the Warriors are more than happy to pass the ball around. Again, that starts with Steph. Like We know that he, if he sees traps, he's like, all right, I'm passing mm-hmm. happily. So he doesn't have to average the 35 in this series. Yeah, it's, it should. it's probably going to be a shock to the system, <laughs> no matter how great your defense is, to right. uh, play a bunch of Eastern Conference teams and the way they go about things to then play the Warriors in game mm-hmm. one. And maybe, but look, they've always adapted and they've always like, even when they get in holes, even if they got to go win a game seven on the road, Celtics have proven yep. they can do that. So they're up for the challenge here. The Celtics uh, have changed this season in terms of how good they are defensively, but Curry has had some monster games against them the last yeah, few years. Yeah, yeah. Basically, a, you know, a calendar year ago, scored 47 against them. That's a monstrous number in the regular season. And then a couple of years before that, 2018, he had 49 against them. You know, virtually the same core. So I'm sure he feels good anyways yeah. going in. But the, but the Celtics defense, yeah, is, uh, is is obviously a key to this series. Huge key. Uh, any other storylines that you have your eye on here? You're sort of looking at this I'm good. big picture. Yeah, okay. got to go overarching here on our second day of recapping. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the, the thing that we'll be watching for uh, afterwards. It's going to be a lot of that top 10 player talk as Trey said God, it's already step- started totally, like Trey yeah, totally said like yeah. I'll tell you my least favorite storyline right now <laughs> heading into the finals whatever the fuck Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are talking about with the doubling of Curry I didn't mind and- that oh, I didn't mind that oh chatter oh my god oh it's it was what? a new I was nuanced so there was like there was boring. a chat so boring well I, well the thing that I do did like about so Draymond was on the Colin Coward podcast talking about was it or was he Colin Coward on his podcast. I don't know. And Colin Coward and Draymond Green were having a chat about <laughs> basketball. A they're po- they're podcasting about basketball, and Draymond Green was talking about the years gone by, and yeah, the the doubling and and who that affects on the team, and blah blah blah. Steph versus Kevin Durant. I mean, he was just talking about basketball. Kevin Durant came in and said. Uh, I don't agree with this double teams chatter. That oh yeah, because you know, somebody like tweet snitched to about the conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think about this, Katie? Yeah, and yeah. then and then Draymond said, "Listen to the whole conversation. Don't just don't get fooled <laughs> by the snippets." And and Katie said, "Yeah, I enjoyed the conversation. I listened to the whole thing, but I didn't agree with the double team part." Yeah, yeah. All right, great, you know great. that's a level-headed conversation yeah. that doesn't happen very often on Twitter. Uh, okay, well let's go to the next question then. Yeah. Hey. Oh, oh my God! I was like, "Wow!" Out of the blue. I mean, I, I did. I did. I just make a point worth a triumphant. No, I did not. But we hit it. Yeah, I thought JD was nice. very excited yeah. to talk about stats in the yeah. NBA Finals. Statistics. But uh, yeah, twenty-five K. We just hit it, did we, JD? That's we we hit it. Um, yeah, we're actually forty dollars over. And wow. shout out to Team Regime who who added nine cents to their donation yeah. to make it a nice, cool, even number. I love it. That's Tim good. Regime. I remember him from the No Season Required Tour. Big uh, Long-timer. John Stockton fan, I think he oh, is. Uh, okay. oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, he probably yeah. likes those short shorts on us there in that photo then, showing off those uh, those tans. Team Regime. Um, that's awesome. Okay, 25,000 raised for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Let's get to 30K. Uh, again, we're going to keep that up for a little bit. Okay, key stat. Put your put your glasses <laughs> on, Tass. Put a little tape around the bridge. Mm. Mm, put them up a little bit. Talk like Schumann. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Schumann Urkel. Schumann Way Boy. Schumann's cool. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a cool stack guy. Thanks for chipping in yesterday, Schumann, by the way. Hey. I saw him in there. Full name, I think. Johnny P. Johnny P. Schumann oh. in there. Anyway, uh, key stat. Uh, there's so many freaking stats. Let's just start with basics since since we're, you know, we're going over arching. The Warriors, the last three finals that they've had home court advantage, they won the first two games at home. 
it's the little scary part for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. They didn't have it against the Raptors. And the last time they did have it and lost one of those first two games was their first title in 2015 when they were just young bucks. So uh, I'm a little worried about the Celtics, you know, if they don't steal one here. So the Warriors, even though Steve Kerr is always known to say game two is the game that a road team can steal because the home team wins game one, it maybe lets off the gas just a touch, uh, but he has his team ready. Uh, I, I saw this little tiny little fact from Anthony Slater at The Athletic. He brought up that the 9 o'clock starts here for game one. Not great for the West Coast early arriving crowd. It's 6 p.m. there, but on a Sunday, game two, I think they might even be a little bit louder in there because it's an afternoon game, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll be... They won't be late. They'll be early arriving for that one. So, there, I mean, there's that There's that stat. I think the close games here favor the Warriors a little bit because the Celtics, it's surprising looking at this, but the last two series, six of the Celtics' eight wins were blowouts. Only two of the eight were within five points in the last five minutes. So that's classified as clutch time. They were actually two and four in clutch time games over the last two series. This team that's in the finals, they were two and four in clutch time games because they had so many blowouts. Now they're four and zero oh versus the Nets in clutch time, but it's you know a long time ago. It's like a month that they're you know doing really really well in close games at the end. So I think that favors the Warriors uh, if they get into close games, which I expect here. This is not going to be blowout city. I don't think in this in this one. We do have the best two teams here. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, un- unlike you know some finals in the past right. where eh, it's the Western Conference Finals, the Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Finals. These are the two best teams. Uh, that's a, a great stat there from ESPN, I think, with the clutch time. And then turnovers. If anybody wants to take it from me, because it's got to be the turnovers are just game to game. Obviously, that's the box score stat that's going to it's going to tell a huge, huge uh, part of the story of who wins. Yeah, how can it not? Because these teams are such talented defensive teams that like any easy basket that you can get in transition you're going to take uh, any day of the week here so and they're both sloppy, yeah, sloppy they can teams be. they, they can like be. to slop it up a lot of what are we running out there so i'm with Tass. turnovers is huge so i'm actually going to be looking at a straight up field goal attempts as a stat because mm. it factors in turnovers and it also factors in offensive yeah. rebounds right and the glass is a place where the celtics can struggle the warriors have done a kind of surprisingly great job on uh, the offensive glass during the postseason given steph clay pool extra shots is not a good recipe so the the celtics are gonna have to do a really good job to clean up on the glass we talk about bites at the apple all the time around the draft it's kind of true in games too when both teams are playing really solid defense being able to get up more shots might just be the way to to actually put together an efficient offense. That's what the Bucks did to the Suns last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just more possessions, more chances, get the ball, more bites at the apple, <laughs> yeah. as Trey said. Because there's gonna be some some you know sloppies. You think it's gonna so? Happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Celtics do. The Celtics versus uh, the Heat in the conference final. Three losses, nineteen turnovers, and their three or four victories just over twelve turnovers. Yeah, they gave it away. Just think about Wiggins out there. Think about Gary Payton the second out there. If yeah, he can be he there. Andre Iguodala, if he plays some minutes. You know, Jalen Brown versus Clay. That's an interesting one. Can Clay keep up with Jalen Brown? It feels like that's going to be a primary matchup, and, and we'll see if Clay has the the defensive chops still to be able to play with a premier player. But yeah, I think there's going to be some. Yeah, this, these defenses are just too good. 
Key stat for you, Lily. The Celtics have got to lock in at the start of the third quarter. The Warriors really turn on the gas at the start yep. of the third quarter, and then that sort of carries over to the fourth quarter here. John Schumann with the stat here. Warriors have outscored their opponents 25.4 points per 100 possessions in the fourth quarter alone in the playoffs. So you know that they like to get going in that third and then carry it over, and they're 8-0 when they lead after three. So Boston has right. got to make sure that they don't come out of that uh, locker room at halftime and be sloppy or careless. That's when the Warriors are looking to pounce. That's also a bit of a Steve Kerr sort of throwback as well. The third quarter Warriors from their uh, previous championships were also very, very dominant there. So that is key for Boston. Boston is a good third quarter and second half team, but they're just everything they sort of rank below is the Golden State Warriors. So mm-hmm. that's where I think Emo Doka has to get in there and say, listen, guys, lock in now. Make sure that this is not when the Warriors can get on a run because they can just blow the doors off a game. Again, especially in that in that third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, their plus-minus uh, plus uh, rating is up to like seven points. So Boston, if they can get it close and keep it close, they're a chance. Got to be careful of that sort of avalanche from the Golden State Warriors. Another Schumann stat. I think this has gone overlooked a little bit. Maybe it's just me. The Warriors haven't lost at home in the playoffs yet. They're 9-0. and no team has won more than 10 playoff home games without a loss. With the four 10-0 teams in history, all champions, of course, 77 Blazers, 86 Celtics, 87 Lakers, and the 96 Bulls. So Those war- teams were undefeated at Yeah, 10-0. Mm-hmm. You know, a little different in terms of the games played right. in some of those situations. But yeah, Celtics are going to have to win a game here in the Bay <laughs> to, uh, to ultimately uh, win this title here with uh, the Warriors having home court advantage. So I think it's possible. They've gone in and won on the road uh, in, in you know, tough, tough Seven spots. Seven and two on the road so Yeah, far exactly. They've been road warriors, road dogs, as uh, Udoka called them. Yeah, so. they're going to need to be home dogs, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Five and four at home. Yeah. And like the Warriors always win a road game in the playoffs. So you have to think that Warriors have the advantage, especially in game one, uh, you know, being a little bit better rested. The Celtics are coming off back-to-back seven-game series and are the more banged-up team to begin with. So, game two, that one's going to be massive. All right. Any other stats you guys want to throw out there? Touched on those? Okay. Mm-mm. NBA Finals preview continues here. This is my one of my favorite questions always. <laughs> Lee, get us started. Yeah. Give me the uh, X factor. You can go either team, both okay. teams. What do you want? I don't think anyone has a bigger variance of what he can do and what he can be badly as Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and I think Andrew Wiggins can be fantastic for the Warriors if he plays with the right mentality, which is like run to the rim if they're if they're not uh, protecting the rim or spread the floor and knock down those threes. In the playoffs, he's got a, a, a plus-minus differential of plus seven points right now. He's shooting 48% from the field, 35% from downtown. And also, one of the criticisms I've always had of him is his rebounds and assists very rarely change. He's averaging seven rebounds a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I think, look, against the Mavericks, it was a lot different. They don't have a really big guy. The Celtics have a lot of big guys in, in the Williams bros and uh, Al Horford. So there probably won't be as many rebounds there. But again, Andrew Wiggins is so athletic. He can just get up there... And contest those. Go for some easy putbacks because I think there's going to be a few of those uh, opportunities out there for him. And he has been at times all-star Andrew Wiggins. No doubt about it in the playoffs. But then there's been other games where it's like, where is he? What's he doing out there? He's just not contributing. So I think he could be someone who could be extremely valuable here for Golden State because, again, Steph's going to get the primary defensive assignment. They're going to be on uh, watching out for Clay. Draymond Green, offensively, he's going to facilitate stuff. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to get opportunities. He's going to be open. He's going to have a chance to go in there uh, and affect the game in a very, very He's going very to have a chance way. to steal finals MVP from uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, like, realistically, no, but I think he can certainly uh, validate 
his all-star appearance this season and, and sort of quieten people down and say, well, okay, we, we he hasn't always been the most consistent, but on the biggest stage, he just played a role very, very well. So I think, uh, and defensively, he's going to have a huge job as well. You know, yeah. probably on, on Tatum to start, he'll probably have some time on Jalen Brown as well. I think he can be a very, very good defender and effective on those. So I think uh, I think he can be... I mean, the, maybe the third best player for the Warriors. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Big X factor. According to Lee, who you got? Yeah, I, well, just to, to piggyback on that, I like the fact that he has a huge assignment defensively. His best series was against the Mavs when he had to guard Luka. And I don't think that he had to think on offense at all. It was you just beeline it. Go at Luka because they're trying to guard him with Luke on the other and go at him and get on the offensive glass. And he had offensive rebounds in every single one of those games between one and six uh, against the Mavs in those five games. A huge factor. And the Celtics aren't a great defensive rebounding team. As big as they are, they're just average. They'll give them up. And if Wiggins can yeah, lock in, baby, uh, him and Looney, huge, huge factor. That's why, to me, the X factor is Robert Williams on the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a pretty big variance on what he can be as well. He could be hobbling out there like he was in Game 7, uh, or he could be a monster uh, protecting the rim. There's just not a lot of things you can take away from the Warriors, and if Robert Williams with Al can take away that a little bit, uh, can take away Poole's looks at the rim, can take away Steph's looks at the rim somewhat, you know, just get in their heads a little bit, then that's a, that's a big factor in limiting the Warriors and their monstrous, monstrous, monstrous runs. Just can he play? I mean, <laughs> yeah. honestly, yeah. because you know something stuck out to me, uh, and I don't think we talked about it. Maybe you guys saw it. The clip uh, after the Celtics win the, the East Finals, there's the locker room, and uh, Ime Udoka is giving like, the little speech, and he's saying all these things we overcame and stuff like that. And then he, he points out, like, uh, you know, Rob, Robert Williams, like, just gutting this one out and playing. And there was, like, a massive ovation from, mm. like, all the players. So it was pretty obvious that it was like, yeah, he, I mean, he probably shouldn't even have been playing. Mm. And he, like, really tried to give them something. Didn't give him a whole lot, obviously, because he was just so injured. But they were like, everybody was like, yeah. And then, like, they even, you know, even says it for smart, too. And, like, yeah, and Marcus. And it was, like, sort of, like, sort of cricket. So, <laughs> well, used to it. yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, that said a lot to me. was like, wow, that guy really probably should not be playing. And these guys respect that he, like, at least gave it a go and gave him whatever minutes he gave him. So, uh, but I'm with you. He has to, I mean, they're, I don't love their chances if he can't play. Uh, at least up to some capability that we know he did in the regular season, I think. Yeah. How much does he have left? It's a big factor. And because Kevon Looney has been real damn good, yeah. uh, uh, he's been good offensively. It's odd to say that about Looney, but yeah, you, they kind of take every every defense takes away everybody else, and Looney's there to roll and score and offensive rebounds. So yeah, he's. Robert Williams is a, is a big factor in this one. Does the three days help him or does it hurt him? You know, does he stiffen well, I would, up? I would hope it would help I, at this point, but yeah, who knows? They're yeah. just banged Every up. day is different, it seems like. Yeah. What do you got uh, for an X factor there, uh, Derek White, to me, is a huge X factor for the Celtics, uh, especially if Robert Williams doesn't play. Regardless, I think we're going to see a lot of Derek White in small lineups because we know the Warriors are going to run out Steph, Clay, and Poole at some point. They're going to need him, uh, just like Marcus Smart, navigating the screens, chasing over, and moving the ball. The question is going to be on offense. Daddy Derek, solid shooter, 7 for 20 after Hendricks was born. But before that, 9 of 38 from 3 in the playoffs, like 23, 24%. Warriors are going to dare him to shoot. He's got to make some of them because they're going to dare him to shoot. They'll dare Smart to shoot. Smart's going to take him. No, yeah, no doubt about yeah. that. He'll get him up regardless. White can be a little bit of a record scratch guy Well, where it looks like he's got an open shot, but he would much rather move the ball. 
He's a good attacker uh, and good finisher inside as well. And if they're playing small, maybe he can he can finish inside. But it's going to be imperative that he makes some three-point shots because the Warriors are going to be taking threes. They're going to need White's defense, but he's got to give him a little something on offense as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love I love Derek White as an X factor. Dear Derek, is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. well, shout out to the Derek Rose commercial. Uh, Dear wow. Derek, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Mm. Uh, I'll, uh, I love Derek White. That would be my pick. But to make this a little different, I'll go with. Uh, Jordan Poole, because I thought Ziller in his newsletter this morning brought up a great point. He's like, everybody on the Warriors, like, you're Steph, you're Draymond, you're Clay. It's like, they've been through a million of these wars at this point in the finals. Like, you're not really, like, concerned about them being like, oh, wow, the bright lights have gotten to them. But of the, of important players in the series with the Warriors, Jordan Poole is like, how is he going to react? Because he was incredible during the regular season. I think he's been okay in the playoffs. I think he's had his moments where he's had his Jordan Poole-like explosions, but there's been many other games where he disappears a little bit, and he's Mm going to get an opportunity. I think we're going to see small ball lineups in this series, you know, from both sides. I think that will happen. Poole will probably be included in that. Are they going to target him on the defensive end? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, are the Warriors going to try and hide him? Are they going to go zone, whatever they're going to do? Yes. But just, like, how can he... You know, if they're going to leave somebody open and he'll attack, and he's not afraid to shoot, don't get me wrong, but he needs to come through. And I just like, he's the one guy that's like, he's young. This is the finals. You're the team that's expected to win. And how will he uh, deliver or not? And I think he can. Yeah. I mean, as we keep saying year after all season long, he's like a Steph Curry facsimile. So he probably will, but. We haven't seen him in this biggest stage before, yeah, so but I think that's interesting. He's shooting 40% from three in the postseason. That is very good yeah. on, on 18 points a game. It's, it's funny to remember the start of the playoffs. Steph was coming off the bench, remember? Yeah, <laughs> <Because>, uh, yeah. <laughs> because Steve Kerr was like, let's bring him back because he was coming off the injury from the Marcus Smart uh, game. And uh, Jordan Poole was great, and then they decided to switch it up. But Jordan Poole has really shown this season, I think, that he understands where he is in the hierarchy. Yeah, He'll yeah. get his shots. He'll get his opportunity. They'll yank him if he's sort of flinging away out there. But overall, he has really progressed this season. So, but what were his big moments in the conference finals? For example, I know it was only you know five games against the Mavs, yeah. different series. Like I can't. No, I mean didn't. that didn't stand up. But that series itself was uh, that it was, wasn't a great series. Like yeah, to game remember. one, game one, and game two, he had nineteen and twenty-three. Yeah. But yeah, but then went missing. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. The, but it's almost a good thing for him to go missing because. It means he's not taking bad shots. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like he, he's 40% from three, 53% from the floor, and he was able to stay on the floor. I don't think they yanked him for any at any point to say, well, you're you're just overshooting. Uh, so I, oh, I don't, think he's don't feeling good. The Warriors yeah. are going to be like, we can win the, win the finals if Poole has one good game in the finals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's They don't need Poole to carry them for four games. No. I don't mean that. But, yeah, yeah, looking back, it actually looks like he was more steady than I remember uh, in the conference finals. He was double digits in all five games against Dallas, wow. shot 50% or better from the field in all five games against Dallas, and played about 28 minutes in all five games against Dallas. It's more like... He's steady Freddy right now mm. with a couple of little stuff bursts here. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't like, take that. But like. it's also the defensive end is yeah. the bigger problem yeah. for mm. Jordan Poole. Yeah. The Celtics are mismatch hunters. They went at Grayson Allen in the Bucks series and they went at Gabe Vincent in uh, the Heat series. In the Heat series. Yeah. Yeah. And those are small guys. Yeah. <laughs> like those, That's exactly who they're going to be yeah. uh, targeting defensively. And, you know... Pool just gives the Warriors so much juice on offense that you can almost live with it, but sometimes you can't live with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Interested to see when they get a technical foul if Jordan's on the court with uh, Steph Curry if he tries to bump Steph out of the way mm, like he take did. Take that free yeah. throw, yeah. And Steph's like, hey, come on, man. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. You like the confidence, though, of Jordan. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Let's get to the to the question that really any the only one that everybody cares about. <laughs> it's a prediction. 
how many games, who's winning, and if you're feeling frisky, who's your finals MVP? <laughs> you you got to start it. Yeah, yeah, well, look, I think the Warriors are going to win this series, and I think Steph is going to be MVP. Great. I mean, wow, bold, hey? Uh, how many games? Well, look, I, I certainly have leaning a shorter series, but having a night to sleep on it, I think the Celtics, uh, I'm going to give them a little bit more credit. I'm saying Warriors in six. Okay. Um, Warriors winning on the road. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to go five, but I think I'm just going to go six. I think uh, I think the Celtics have shown Emo Doka this season has really. You go back to that game where where RJ Barrett hit the three. They mm-hmm. were three games below 500 at that point. It was like, man, the Celtics uh, are in a bit of a battle here. We even just get to 500 this season. Now they're in the finals. Fantastic coaching job. So you know, they're young. You know they're going to be up for it. You know they're going to play defense. I think they can win two games in this series, but ultimately the Warriors prevail. Okay, Warriors in six. Says Lee, what do you got, Tess? Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Warriors in six. I, I do think the Celtics can stretch this to seven, but there's there's too many factors I think in the in the Warriors' favor. Now the the defensive matchups, hunting pool could help, uh, but uh, yeah, on the other side you can't really hunt anybody if, if you're the Warriors, unless Peyton Pritchard's on the floor. You're not going to try and do that against Derek White. You can try. I don't think it's really going to help. Celtics defense is just so great, but uh, the Warriors just playing really, really well. And do they? I think they could even take it up a, a touch more here. You know, this is what Draymond Green lives for in these last four games, and he, you know, is is I think getting better as the playoffs go on. They just haven't had a long series yet, so I think they have a little more juice to give. Six is probably where it ends. I think and Curry. I assume. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, yeah. I don't think there, there's no doubt. No? You're no. not going to be sitting here uh, after game two trying to tell me Andrew Wiggins is going to win uh, finals MVP <laughs> hey, or uh, Clay Thompson. I feel like I could see it coming. What, my argument? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah you're sure. just, like, just, to, just for content reasons. For content. Yeah. The contrarian? Yeah. I can't even imagine that one. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, okay. Well, the, the Wiggins versus Luka, yeah, I brought that one up. Yeah. Because it was against Luka. Uh, conference, the conference finals MVP, and because that one does not matter. Are we going to be looking back at... at uh, people's resume on Basketball Reference saying that guy won four ECF MVPs. <sighs> yeah, no. Probably not. No. Just... I don't think... Th- I wonder if that matters in baseball where they do that. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many games in baseball no one knows anything. Yeah. Uh, all right, so two Warriors and six. Trey, where do you go? I'll admit it, I've been Boston-pilled after the wow. weekend. My, My stepbrother and family were in town for the wedding. <laughs> They're huge Beantown boys and girls. <laughs> Uh, their kids like morph into different Celtics personas during the game. They've got a Horford, a Smart, and a Tatum. So this is the first time I feel like in my life I've been wanting to see Boston do well, at least since that 9 playoff series against the Bulls. And from a historical perspective, the Celtics have a chance to pass the Lakers in all-time titles, which matters, you know, to yeah, sure. two fan bases. But sometimes you got to lose before you win. So I think between the health, the home court advantage, the Warriors experience, and having the best player, got to go Warriors in seven. Mm. Got to go Warriors in seven. I am linked with TK. I'm going Warriors in seven, too. I think... Uh, we put in our work with some of those crappy conference finals games. I think <laughs> yeah, we're in for uh, yeah. going to be uh, hopefully an epic uh, mm. finals here. Some great games, some great matchups, some close games down the stretch, some big shots from Tatum and Curry and stuff like that. I have high hopes so that this I. is going to deliver here. You guys are going to be in Boston. Yeah. Uh, Trey and uh, and Lee for games three and four. That's right. This is the thing. You really got to hope for a split here in the Bay. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for the Celtics to win game one. Yes. I do. 
because of like obviously the the quick turnaround and the Warriors were more well rested and they're just great at home and just like that shock as we talked about of like wow we were playing we were playing a team that in the Heat that couldn't score in the half court offense mm. now we're playing uh, Steph Curry Clay and Draymond and the Warriors in the half court offense a little different but that game too can they can they get that and they always bounce back after a loss and I'm, I know I'm penciling in a yeah. loss already in game one for the Celtics so I probably shouldn't do that but I'm going Warriors in seven but the Beantown boys will be happy to know I picked against your team. In every single series, <laughs> every wow. single series, yeah. I had the Nets, I had the Bucks, and I had the Heat, the and real, they proved me wrong. So uh, yeah. you're gonna want that me picking against your team. The real Mavs situation. Yeah, mm. 2011. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So okay, Warriors in six, Warriors in seven. Everybody taking the Dubs. But let's hear from you in the stream team. Uh, how many games? Who's winning Finals MVP? And uh, yeah, leave, leave us all uh, all your thoughts on this series. Anything else? We got one more day before the game actually starts, but I guess we'll hit the beach tomorrow. (laughs) We'll switch it up a little bit. All finals out at this point. Let's just play the games. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, though, we got news about Quinn Snyder possibly leaving the Jazz. Got some questions you guys sent in. Mm -hmm. A little fun, so don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, this is crazy. Trey had to leave. Someone heard him play guitar last night, <laughs> and he might he's be signing a, a record deal. Yeah, uh-huh. he's got- <laughs> That was Matty O's dream. Yeah. Exactly. Matty O used to play the guitar with the window open. Just for that record producer to come by his house in Montreal, just to you, just to hear it from a window. Yeah. Wow. Who's who's playing that guitar right there? Um, we yeah. were gonna do a duet between Matt and Trey, trying to get them to play a duet. Yeah, we over the live stream yesterday. Hey, put it in the <laughs> brainstorm uh, <laughs> Slack so we can do it next year. Um, okay. Got some random things here. Got some news. Got some uh, questions by way of Twitter from you guys. So let's get into them. First one, Woj and McMahon at ESPN. They dropped an article last night reporting, quote, after weeks of conversations with ownership and management, Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder's future remains unclear and a possibility exists that he could decide to end his eight-year tenure with the franchise. Uh, what what do you take from this reporting here from Woj and McMahon? And you think Snyder is gone? Uh, I think it probably would be a good idea for him to move on and for the Jazz to move on. I think he's done a fantastic job in his eight years. And I think, though, that after a while, 
you sort of have reached the limit where you're going with a certain coach and maybe with certain players. And I think out of Gobert, Mitchell and Snyder, one of them probably should move on this season. And I think if you're the franchise, the coach is the easiest one to replace because the talent is there. Mitchell and Gobert are all-star players. So I think a new voice, maybe someone with new ideas, maybe a way who can build a little bridge between those two and get them on the same page might help as well. And I think that for Snyder to take a year off, he's going to get another job. He's, he's a great coach. He's going to be in high demand. He just had hip surgery too, which mm-hmm. was a hip replacement surgery, which was unusual. Uh, but for him, you know, when the season ended, basically came out and said, no, he's our coach. And I was like, oh, I was a little surprised they were so adamant from the start. But now as things have moved on and the talks have progressed, it sounds to me like the franchise is basically saying to the coach, if you want to go, if you want to take some time off, that's also fine. We'll maybe look. So it's not like the franchise is saying, no, under no circumstances do we want to lose our guy. It's almost like they're saying, yeah, it's fine if you want they're to go. They're saying and- like it's up to you. Yeah, basically. Does which is- Snyder want to be there anymore? Yeah, and that to me is like them saying, we don't really think you're our guy anymore. So, and again, it's not a knock on him. After eight seasons of, of um, overall a lot of success, it's just fallen apart for them in the playoffs. So I think that's where you just need to uh, try a different voice. Yeah, what do you think? I find it a little strange that they're just kind of in this gray area. You can stay, but yeah. you can go. It's, it's a little weird. Yeah, uh, to me, it's they want to keep Gobert and Mitchell, and like Lee said, Snyder is the one that has to go. Somebody has to go between the three of them, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not great offers for Mitchell out there. Maybe they're not great offers for Gobert. But the other strange part about this, where it's you know they're not making a decision here, is that Quinn Snyder has technically two years left on his deal, and to see somebody walk away from two years of guaranteed money would be. Odd. It'd be, uh, I think, uh, a very admirable thing for him to say, I got two years left, but uh, I can get another job somewhere else. Uh, maybe my life will be better somewhere else. Uh, we've seen other coaches uh, you know, walk or be fired and, and, and end up in a better scenario, but mm-hmm. you don't usually see a coach walk away from two seasons left on a deal. But it sure feels like they don't see a good offer coming in for Gobert or Mitchell uh, and – to them, this is the next. This is the other way forward, really. But it is strange that they're not just saying, "Okay, goodbye." Yeah, because from the article, uh, this is again Woj and McMahon. Conversations have largely been centered on philosophical issues mm. and how the sides can work together moving forward here with the franchise. And then, like you're saying, yeah, they've offered to extend his contract. They're even. They're also even saying, like, you can just return on your contract, and we can just figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes down. It feels like it's to him. Now, I think the writing is on the wall that he is leaving. Mm. Multiple co- uh, assistant coaches have already left. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple uh, that have already left, gone to other teams. Jop, uh, uh, I think, has even gone to like the New York G League team to have an opportunity there. So. When that starts happening, when they, the, the assistant coaches start leaving, something in my gut says he's probably had conversations with them and he's trying to figure out, I'll be shocked if he's coaching the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I think and I think if you're Danny Ainge, you're brought in to make some changes. He wants to respectfully say, "Not you're out because you were terrible. No, I think it's, they gave him basically a yeah. year. Because like, they knew it, like, sort of new ownership or yeah. Yeah, management, I guess, came in and said, yeah, we're not getting rid of you right away. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if you can finally get over the hump yeah. with this team as it's currently constructed. And they didn't. I mean, it was... No, it was it almost worse. ended worse. It yeah. absolutely did and end so worse. so you're yeah. right. They'll probably so, they maybe uh, look to yeah. move on. I mean, Danny Ainge isn't going to sit there and just go, oh, well, who knows? He wants to make a big splash and, and, and really take the team to a next level without trading the players first. Start with the uh, you know easier piece to digest, which is moving on from the coach. If he leaves the Jazz, though, I mean, there's only one other coaching 
vacancy right now mm. in Charlotte. Mm. So I, I assume it would be one of these things where he takes a year off or two or agree, joins yeah. a joins a bench as an assistant or something like that. Again. I agree, yeah. yeah. It's chill out time. Yeah. Because yeah. these things go in cycles. There weren't many opportunities this offseason, but right. maybe there will be next year. I just wonder what the philosophical differences are between <laughs> you know, Zanuck and Ainge and uh, yeah, the, the new management and the new front office and Mr. Snyder. What, what, mm. Forget Get Rudy the ball more or not? Uh, <laughs> play defense better or not? The uh, philosophical issue is which one of these guys are we trading? Yeah, yeah. who yeah. are we actually, uh, you know, hitching our ride? Yeah, to and we'll get get into uh, a Rudy Gobert rumor here soon. So yeah, well, let's go to it. Um, Bleacher reports: Jake Fisher. He dropped an article yesterday. Uh, took a good old ride on the NBA rumor mill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fisher was sharing words surrounding OG Ananobi's uh, potential. Trade suitors, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Portland and Utah, very interested in OG. Uh, he also had things on the Knicks' options at point guard. If they strike out on Jalen Brunson, if they couldn't get him, if the Mavs keep him especially. He had the latest coaching intel on the Hornets, who's the front runner there. So I guess my question is, there's a lot in this. Yeah, there was. What was the most fascinating part to you from Fisher's uh, off-season intel article here? Well, yeah, not to be a, a pest, but I think the Knicks are going to miss out on a point guard again. Uh, I think it's just going to be hard for them to find somebody who wants to take their stuff uh, because it, it's unlikely they're going to be able to get Jalen Brunson as a free agent uh, or be able to trade for Donovan Mitchell. I just don't think they have enough. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think going forward, that's that's an interesting thing to watch here as we get to July. As far as the OG Ananobi situation, of course everybody wants OG Ananobi. <laughs> We're watching the NBA Finals here. Everybody needs multiple 6'8", 6'9", switchy wings. Look at look at Wiggins. Look at look at so many guys. I could still shoot, hit a three. Yeah, yep. OG is part of that. I think there is nothing to take away from him being quote unquote unhappy, dissatisfied with his role at times. Again, look at the Celtics. Lots of rumors about even within this last calendar year about trading Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Lots of dissatisfaction. Marcus Smart was saying those guys need to pass the ball more earlier this season yeah so it's a good thing i think if he's slightly dissatisfied that scotty barnes came in and you know jumped him sort of in the pecking order of ball handlers uh, as jake fisher writes it's, it's totally true some video out there about of uh scotty barnes this last week working on that three ball shot mm-hmm. looking smooth baby uh so yes that's a good problem to have sorry og you're part of the raptors he's not going anywhere uh, he's just he, <laughs> he's why a would great they contract yeah why would they trade i know they want a center and that makes sense and that's that's the rumors those are the rumors going around maybe they can find uh, a center in return and and you still have barnes pascal uh and others on the wing but i, I don't i can't i maybe i'm just too enamored with him but uh, i don't think it's that's happening yeah, what do you think I, about this OG or this yeah. entire article. I, I, I don't think they would trade him, but I also, Masai Jiri, he's, he, he's a businessman. He'll make the right deal. He won't be afraid to make that trade if he feels that's the piece they have to give up to get the really good quality in return. I mean, he traded DeRozan. Now, we got Kawhi Leonard in return. Mm, right. But DeRozan, I, what I mean by that is a franchise guy, loved by the city, you know, seemingly like, wow, well, man, how are you going to trade him? But yeah. he did. He yeah, made yeah. the move. So I don't think anyone outside of probably Pascal and Fred, to some extent, are untouchable on the Raptors. I mean, I think he would also trade those guys again if he felt, hey, there's another Kawhi coming back in this situation. So, um, And let's point out, too, OG can't play a full season. 
Well, that's a problem. It's yeah. a big issue for yeah. him. I mean, yeah, yeah. he generally just could never yeah. hold up for an entire season. He's yeah. always missing, it feels like, 30 yeah. to 40 games. It just feels when he does play, though, he is so impactful of on course. both ends. Yeah. Um, so he, he is a very valuable piece. But yeah, I, I, Masai will make the right deal. Um, as far as but it's... But hold, hold on. Do you think that deal is Aiton, Turner, Gobert... Like, you know, uh, I don't. I don't think they'll what, get Aiton. I, I mean, look, if Gobert's there, it would be more than just Aiton. Uh, more than just Gobert and OG. But if there's if the piece is there, that would help the Raptors as well. Having Rudy there, yeah. But are you, are you going to trade OG and Gary Trent Jr.? I think for, so. Yeah. I for think, for Gobert, I think he would. Yeah. Wow. I think he would. I don't I th- at all. I think I think because he could sort of see improvement from Scotty on the perimeter, and he's also he, he can go and get some other guys out there mm. to fill up the game. Gary Trent's fine, but he's not. No, Gary, I'm, I'm I'm just yeah. I think I'm more like uh, I guess you have a higher opinion on Gobert in in a in a Raptors. I, I, I think the Raptors could certainly use someone like him yeah. around the rim, rebounding, protecting the ball, and you know if you if you run him in the right pick and rolls and have him finishing at the rim, I think that's uh, impactful. I, like I say, Gary Trent's one of those guys who was really good at times this season for the Raptors, but he's also like, wow, we can turn him into something better, considering that was the norm power trade. So. Messiah make something happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I cut you off. You were going to say something. Uh, well, just as far as the, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, the speculation there is it's down to Kenny Atkinson and Mike D'Antoni, but yep. Michael Jordan's on holiday, so <laughs> he hasn't met with anybody yet to discuss uh, that part of it. But interesting because I, I really don't think D'Antoni is the right coach for this team. Offensively, the Hornets were fine last season, yeah. and that's where D'Antoni excels. In the If they had problems in transition scoring the ball maybe Dan Tony's the right coach but their problem is on the defensive end now that's not just the coach it's the players mm-hmm. they need an improvement there but uh, I'm not sure that Dan Tony would would improve them at all on that end I think maybe they just keep on scoring Kenny Atkinson did a good job with the Brooklyn Nets uh, at sort of you know that that player development sort of yeah. guy and I think that's what the Hornets probably need more so than just a an offensive focus guy so you think Kenny actually will uh, get this job here? I mean, if if he's if it's down to these two, apparently I, I, he's like calling everybody on the Hornets. He's very meticulous. Kenny yeah, Atkinson is. yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds like a player's coach, you know, like he wants to get out there and get to know the guys before yeah. he's even head coach there. So I think I think I would choose Atkinson over D'Antoni in this situation. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Hornets? Yeah, I love Atkinson. He yeah. it's, he's been out of. Uh, a head coaching job for too long, it feels like, in this league. He deserves another one after what he did with the Nets. All right, we got a fun question here by way of Twitter. At Jadon underscore Jadon. I guess it's sort of piggybacking nicely here off uh, that article from Fisher. Biggest name traded this summer. Who do you think it's going to be, Lee? Man, I, I I like to go back to my favorites, you know, the Beals and the Lillards. <laughs> it's, it's just, God, I, give it's, me something new. I man. know, it's probably not going to happen. So I'm, I'm going to just sort of, pr- uh, like, promote one here. I wonder if this will happen. I wonder if Julius Randle moves on from the New York Knicks. Oh, 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 okay. He had uh, a very good season two seasons ago. And last season, his numbers weren't terrible. He basically averaged 20 and 10. But we know that below the surface, it just wasn't that good. He w- he struggled. He really couldn't back up the season before. Mm-hmm. And I think he would like a fresh start. And I think the Knicks also realize that they can still probably get something. Now, he's got a decent old contract, but he's only 27. Um, but I think you, you, if you can really sell a team on what you saw from the season before of Julius Randle, look at this guy, great passer. He was he really improved his three-point shooting. He was an all-star. He, he really elevated his game. He just needs to be in not that environment. I think being in New York, the expectation, the pressure got to him. And so, um, you know, I think he's still young enough that you can entice a team. You may have to throw a pick or two in there just to uh, make it sexy. But I think it would be good for the Knicks. I think they should be moving forward with RJ Barrett 
uh, more so next season as well. Mm. So I think if you can maybe uh, create that op- opening there and move on from Julius, get something, whatever you get back in return, a vet, younger player, it doesn't really matter. But I think he might be on the move. Okay. Yeah, and this, again, goes back to Fisher's articles there. Them maybe would have to get creative to sign Brunson, if that's even a possibility. And then he starts talking about, like, who's also on that list of, like, they need a point guard, right? If they're not going to, like, fully give the ball to quickly and lean into that. So it's, like, D'Angelo Russell, you know? Is that a name that, uh, I mean, he feels like a New York Knicks player to me. But, uh, yeah. Maybe. What do you you think? I don't even know if they can get uh, D'Angelo Russell. They're going to be desperate, baby. They're going to be so desperate. I... Uh, yeah, I like. I want to think that there's going to be a big name traded. Um, Randall would probably be the biggest one, uh, but uh, I, I think the Blazers are going to overpay for somebody, and I think it could be Jeremy Grant. Okay. Damian Lillard and him have this relationship. Uh, Damian Lillard, look, he's at can- uh, at uh, these draft workouts right now, buying into the Blazers' future. From since February, since the trade deadline, things have not gone well for Portland, uh, and they end up with the number seven pick. But this team here, consisting of Damian Lillard and Josh Hart, uh, free agent Nurkic, Winslow, uh, Eric Bledsoe, it's you know I'm sure Lillard looks around and, and is confident in himself, and he says he's coming off this injury. He said that these are the best years of my NBA career coming up. I'm sure he looks at Dallas and says well, we could do that, uh, and uh, I think the Blazers are going to have to pony up to get somebody. And Jeremy Grant's 28 years old. In, in you know too big of a role in Detroit as a number one but if he can go back to you know what he was in in uh, Denver to a 2-3 I think the Blazers can buy into that and think oh yeah we could be a decent team so I think Jeremy Grant could uh, with only one year left on his contract I think the Blazers will bid more than any other team with their number seven pick and, and some parts there yeah well Detroit's asking price apparently is two first round picks <laughs> yeah, for more. Grant or a first round pick and then like a rookie scale prospect <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, so, they're not asking for nothing. Really. No, That's so the number seven pick—I don't think they're getting better than the number seven pick and somebody decent off that Blazers roster. Who would that player be? I'm not. You're not going to go Simon. No, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, and I didn't even mention him as part of the court. Yeah, that Lillard and Simons are the backcourt of the future. Now that's a tiny, tiny backcourt that's going to have some problems defensively. Simons, I guess, could still come off the bench. Yeah, it's not a really well, well constructed team right now, but. They're going to try and get Jeremy Grant. And uh, James Edwards and Chris uh, Kirshner uh, at The Athletic, they had an article on possibility of a Pistons-Hawks trade for Jeremy Grant, too. I guess uh, they might be interested sure. in trying to get him. So <laughs> it's good for the good for the Pistons if they're moving off of Grant that possibly two teams are both interested in trying to get him and drives the price up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Grant's fine, but... I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah. become overvalued for sure. He was the hottest name of the trade deadline and didn't move. I mean, he's a good player, but yeah. he's not like himself taking anyone from the basement to the playoffs. No, he like he needs to be in a Wiggins role, yeah, which sure. is on a very good yeah. team, and he's the third or fourth guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're asking a lot when he's the one or two guy, yeah. even, I think. And if you're giving up play. a first and you know and a young prospect, yeah. that's a ton potentially to give up for a mid-range player. Yeah. Uh, all right, final one here. It's a bit random. At uh, UTA underscore Daniel. What is your next pod about? Mm. Basketball? Survivor? F1. I think there's going to be a new, new no breaks today, by the way. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. His gig, if his gig yes, runs there. long, I'm not sure. Um, 
film critique. You guys talk about it all. It gets better and better. Definitely tuning into whatever you decide. So Taz, what is the next podcast about? Yeah, uh, a little behind the scenes here. During the ad break, I had to move my car because I was behind Trey in the driveway, but I moved up to pole position now, which feels great. Hopefully uh, we get a pole position F1 uh, podcast later today, some no breaks. Hopefully all is good with uh, with TK there. Uh, but yeah, let's yeah, I'm we've got a lot of, I want to include this one because we've got a lot of uh, what are you guys doing for the summer? Hey, what are you guys doing for right, the summer? Right, right, right. And uh, you know, at the end of this month, which is June already, we'll take a tiny bit of time off, but we'll be back for some summer league co- free agency and summer league coverage and then after that we'll be here pretty regularly in this 10 a.m. Eastern time slot, 7 a.m. Pacific, most days, uh, four days a week to start. Uh, we're definitely starting a baseball show. What? We're doing it. Oh, wow. yeah, baby. No bunts. We're doing it. Uh, <laughs> listen, here we go. It's from a casual fan's perspective. Oh, we're, we're not getting into the absolutely nitty-gritty. The Pirates are on a three-game streak. The Cards are on a four-game streak. Nah, we're not going that crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to know the fifth starter on the Cardinals. I'm just not. We're not talking Vorp. Nah. I mean, I, I kind of do want to get into what the hell are all these terms. Oh. Some of them. Like, maybe one a week. Yeah, that's we'll there. We great do, segment. One yeah. a week. Yeah. Do that for 6,000 weeks in a row. Exactly. A lot, a lot exactly. of numbers, a lot of stats. Yeah. This guy rakes. What's that? What does that even mean? Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think that means he's good. But anyways, it's going to be more like a 10 best things in baseball this week. Oh, yes. okay. Let's steal it from Zach Lowe. 10 things I like and I don't like. Uh, but from our, you know, our perspective... Listen, the guys. There were guys suspended because they got into a fight about fantasy football. Yeah, mm. slap. Let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, there's a lady behind the plate at Jays games that, when a, a ball is tipped back, foul ball, she never flinches. Yeah. Everybody else flinches. There's a great clip. Everybody else flinches. <laughs> not her. She's in, not not her. She's great. She's been there forever. She's got a Twitter account. Uh, you know, uh, got a Twitter account. Somebody made a Twitter oh, account for her. Okay. I mean, and real stuff in baseball. Obviously, we'll get into you know Robo Lumps, the shift. What's going on here? Jeez. Expanded playoffs. You know, uh, baseball. There's lots to talk about. Maybe we go to a Braves game. Maybe we can go to a minor league baseball oh, game. Bananas. What about the yeah, bananas? Yeah, you want to go see the bananas? The Savannas. The Savannah yeah. bananas. Aren't <laughs> is that what their name is? I don't know. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It is. Might be out of. Play, you know, get out there, have a swing. Well, they do a bunch of crazy. Do, yeah. you, know, do you know about them? Yeah, yeah, Their yeah, whole yeah. thing is like just like yeah. pack the stadium because yeah. they do all these crazy do, antics do, yeah. and viral videos and stuff. My point is, you probably could play. Uh, well, definitely. <laughs> we talked to the right person. Yeah. <laughs> He'll put Lee Ellis in right field for an inning. I'll, They'd I'll, be like, sure, who cares? I'll, I'll, I'd love to have at least one inning, at least, and uh, have a go to the plate and then go out and field. You honestly, like, would you do it? Yes, of course wow, I would. Be a little terrifying. Absolutely. I mean, look, I don't think I could hit the, the hitting part because it would come through. Even if it comes through at sixty-five miles now, at it's that not going to come at sixty. No, no, I'm saying even if it was, <laughs> literally, I can throw. Even, that's what I'm saying. Even if it was, I couldn't hit that. And these are probably coming through at eighty plus still at the <laughs> lower leagues here but you know i'd have a swing at it just and then uh, it'd be great to be out in the field you know if you get a ball you turn two man that'd be awesome wouldn't it <laughs> you're gonna turn two from out in the out right you never field. know because wow, they, they hit arm the, on him, I guess. listen they hit the ball so hard and it comes to you so quick you just gotta fling it and get rid of it i think you can do it i think that's possible oh my God. you playing baseball I've never seen i would you, love never to. seen you swing a bat never seen you catch a ball with a glove I uh think. well i played a little bit of uh slow pitch in toronto in my days yeah yeah and like because of cricket like the fielding is it's easier with a glove yeah that's true that's way true. easier so i took a few catches and people are like wow and i'm like honestly, like in cricket, we have to catch a ball like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, uh, so give me a glove. It's <laughs> but uh, how are you at the plate? Not bad. Yeah, yeah pretty not, good hand-eye coordination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same in, in cricket, right? If the ball comes <laughs> through without bouncing, without bouncing, it's <laughs> it's easier to hit. 
because it doesn't bounce and then move off the pitch. Yeah. So in baseball, when someone's and again slow pitch, right? So no one's yeah, no one's rifling <laughs> yeah, it there. Yeah. But if they throw it there, for me, straight underneath and bang. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all right. Uh, sign yeah, me up so for the bananas. Right field for the bananas. Yeah, yeah that's the team you uh, got to play for. Yeah, I think you got to be like eat, have like a million bananas in your back pockets. <laughs> I wouldn't cramp up, so yeah. <laughs> okay, great. All right, so no buns. No buns. Yeah, Your people answer. are saying in the stream team. What about no homers? Ah, oh, we're all homers here, though. Yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. No, no yeah. buns. No Sounds buns. Great. Yeah, yeah it's, you get... no. We only want dingers. We yeah. don't want to play the yeah. lay down a bunt and move the runner. Oh, Get the yeah, fuck out of here. Boring, We're yeah. dingers. Yeah. yeah, that's why I brought up no walks as a similar possibility. Yeah. We're not taking pitches. It doesn't come off the tongue as nice as no bunts. Yeah, you've got the U sound, just like dunks, bunts. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're staying in the brand. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're bunting anymore in baseball, really. Yeah, I heard no that. No more bunts, no more <laughs> stolen bases. Oh, that, that was my favorite down. part as a kid. Yeah. Stolen base. Yeah. 100%. We got to get back to Especially that. Especially when they steal home. That is oh, unreal. It's incredible. Yeah. They're trying. They're trying. They're trying to make. Yeah, why, why is it being like removed from the game? Or why uh, because, do yeah, the numbers say big home, big swings, home runs, don't, create more runs. Yeah, don't take a guy off the base. Like yeah. You're putting it in jeopardy that he's right. in stealing. Yeah. Ah, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the risk of him being run out is not worth him yeah. maybe moving ahead one yeah. okay same thing with bunts guys don't bunt as right because it's like basically an out and so but like, they're trying yeah. they're they're trying to get yeah. ways they're moving the bases a little bit i mean moving them slightly uh they're trying different things making the bases bigger so guys oh, yeah. are Big safe more, more often mm. a little safer as well out there turning the double play don't get your fingers stomped on uh, there's lots, lots to talk about <laughs> all right no bunts oh, man. man i'm already excited somebody somebody had a, a bunt double though last week because of the shift Ooh. There was nobody at third base. Guy just bunted it towards third base, went into the outfield. Guy was on first, went to third. Easy double Holy. for a bunt. It's pretty cool. It's a hell of a bunt. Hell of a bunt. Hell of a bunt. Yep. Uh, okay. Do you have an answer for that, by the way? If you were to do uh, a little summer project, we got baseball from over here. What do you got? Uh, a weekly um, check in with Matt Austin. See what he's up to. Wow! Get him to make a smoothie. Oh God, you can't do that to him, man. You got you, you got to give him. You got to get him. He's shown he's going to do anything. He's going to put anything. So we come up he with did the that for charity. Yeah, but now he can do it for a podcast. He'd love it. He'd love to show how he's looking great. By the way, his hair was looking great. I'm sure he's been keeping himself in great nick. So uh, I think there's something there with Matt. And it just showed it. he's been out of the pod game for how long now? Like yeah. we haven't had him on for probably a year now. He picked it up just like it's that. Natural, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's got that California glow. <laughs> I think he would be up for it. You guys really want to fuck Matt Austin? <laughs> hey, you guys are really. Hitting, really what would we call him. this one though? Because it couldn't be no mats. It'd have to be all mats. <laughs> all mats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all Matt. Yeah. Our new podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot of summer content to figure out. So yeah. if you have suggestions, let us know. No. I was kicking around the idea of doing an Elf podcast. <laughs> Rewatch Elf? Uh, no? Nah. Not interested? <laughs> no, I know. I mean, uh, have a shot every time we see his feet. <laughs> really celebrate yeah. it? Nah. Uh. No? Right. <laughs> well, Elf's going to be back in your life. For, I mean, it's already creeping in. Trust me. Mm. Okay. Let's, no, uh, no else. <laughs> uh, JD, do you have an answer? Is there anything you'd like to see us try this summer? Uh, definitely. I'm 
very lukewarm on this health idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, that's that good. That was a shocker. That's good. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys went through it last year with Fast and the Furious. You don't want to be bogged down in the summer watching Alf after Alf. Yeah, but Alf at least Alf's Alf. 20 minutes long. I mean, yeah, but there's so many of them. Yeah, well, I'm not saying we'd have to do an entire uh, four-season yeah. watch of it. We could be... Uh, we could just pick the best episodes. Yeah. I don't think we really <laughs> need to watch episodes. them in a row to understand the story. Uh, we were thinking of doing Mission Impossible. Yeah. But I think you're right, JD. You said this off air. I don't think they're they're too good. Yeah. I don't really know. Like, At least with Fast and Furious, like, what the hell is going on here? Why is this happening? This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. like You could have a lot of uh, larfs. Well, last night, didn't we find all the the, the, the most uh, successful franchises? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what was that one that we couldn't get? The one of the late ones of number nine. There was nine in the series. Remember that? No. It wasn't the Borns. No. Oh, God, we can't even remember. Uh, no. Die Hard. No, Planet of the Apes. Oh, it was Planet of the yeah, Apes. No yeah. way yeah, am I nah, watching nah, Planet nah. of the Apes. <laughs> nah. That, the trilogy, the, the latest trilogy is actually not bad. It's fine. But, it's fine. But, but, I mean, you yeah. want to podcast about it for no, two hours? Not no, really. No, we need... It's got to be like that great balance of like enough people watch it or know mm. it, but it's also sort of shitty. And yeah, <laughs> just, why is this so popular? That's, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like, like you can't do Harry Potter. Yeah. You can't. You can't do Lord of the Rings. No, no, it's so. for doing anything with apes. We're playing Donkey Kong. We're playing old <laughs> oh, video video games. games. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Sure. <laughs> Let's nope. just get an NBA Jam cabinet. <laughs> and just uh, play NBA Jam and comment on Brad Lohas and Blue Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and then, going all the way, baby. You know, it'd be a great series if we had like the real connections. Get an NBA Jam and yeah. then get the players in. Oh, yeah, and play them in NBA Jam with their characters. Well, if the Brad Lohas connection is uh, listening, put us in touch with him. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, let's take a final break, and when we come back, JD's got Tweet of the Night, so don't go anywhere. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, back with the boys here in the Classic Factory, at least the three of us here at the table, JD pushing the buttons. Uh, Before we get to Tweet of the Night, I got some good news for Celtics fans. I know we all picked the Warriors Mm. in the finals, but we got a new shirt for the Beantown boys. Finally. We got beans on a shirt, breaking tea, coming through with this beauty. This is going to be available tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, nodunks.com. For a very, very short window. I'm talking like a 12-hour window right up Whoa. until tip-off, okay? Yeah, yeah. So if you want the Beantown boys on your chest, you're going to have to act quickly. you have all day, really all day tomorrow, to grab it before they tip off game mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know, we'll be sharing this. We'll be tweeting it, Instagramming it. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's show and all that. But uh, 
What do you Talk. think of that, Lily? I Beantown love it. Boys. Yeah, I'm going to uh, take one or two of those up to Boston. Oh. Maybe we'll uh, have a you know giveaway or something. Oh, as well we can for... do it. You guys yeah. should definitely do a giveaway out on the streets. Yeah. with the Beantown boys and yeah. gals. Um, so yes, that is. Uh, we just got that in. That's happening. I'm, I'm talking right now with Breaking Tea. Uh, probably dropping tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. There again. We'll just do a short little window on that. So all the Beantown boys, you want to win the finals? Go grab that shirt. Okay, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. JD, tweet of the night, man. You had a late night last night with yeah. the stream. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, kind of calling it in a little bit. Let's get back to media consumption over here. <laughs> okay. So much going on right now. You know, we've got the the Top Gun just came out. Oh. People are raving. I know. I mean, I, you know, people are going to come at me, but... I, I, I remember not loving the original. Apparently, it's it's like yeah. ten times better though. Okay, I'm in. I love yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. I love the action and all that stuff. My brother's a pilot. I should be. It was, pro- <laughs> it was probably his favorite movie for 15 years after it came out. So we got that. We got Stranger Things. We got Obi Wan Kenobi, which apparently Trey Kirby said is amazing. I was. We thought that he he was like, have you guys seen it yet? Oh, we yeah. Skeets and I were like, oh, that bad. It's like no. <laughs> It's awesome. Awesome, he said. It's great. So I'm looking forward to all of these things, but uh, one tweet caught my eye. It's uh, it's actually from the weekend, but uh, who cares, right? (laughs) Right, uh, Lee? Um, Absolutely. (laughs) So it's from our our good friend, Dan Bailey. We know him as Dr. Richard Bailey. Mm, That's right. And uh, here it is. It's, I'm watching The Offer. It's on Paramount Plus. Yep. It it may be one of the more one of the more impressive cast performances I've seen ever seen. Dan Folgers as Francis Ford Coppola and Matthew Goods, Robert Evans. I go whole scenes forgetting I'm not actually watching them talk. Incredible writing. I tweeted him back. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. It's great, guys. It's basically a well, not basically. It is about the making of The Godfather. One of your favorite movies, yes, Lee. It's crack for people who like movies. And there's just like the making of. And if half of the the things that happen in this movie are actually true, it's insane wow. what 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 it took to get the, the movie made. So I recommend it. So it's a series. It's a 10-episode oh, limited series on it. Paramount+. Plus. Oh, I mean, there it is. I, I subscribe because, of course, uh, <laughs> Survivor. Yes. is on here yes, and yes. I love Survivor and uh, it's actually it's not a bad for a streamer it's not bad like a specific uh, movie company or media company streamer I like it uh, anyways the offer check it out <laughs> that's all I got guys I'm oh, sorry hey, that's hey, wrong with that. interested. straight up recommendation everybody says that I, oh JD hates everything <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate this it's good okay really. have you watched uh, Stranger Things here season 4 I watched the first episode okay it's fine. I mean, I, I, it's it gets a bit better. Okay. I thought it started pretty slow, and I was like, eh. but yeah. But I, I thought it cranks up a little bit. I'm not done it yet, but uh, it it is better by episode four or whatever. Yeah. Though so far, my the most interesting thing is the Max character. Like she's killing it. Whoever that actress is, yeah. she is amazing. For, I, and she's so young. I, it's it's really really great. Nora told me the Robin character. That's yeah. Uma Thurman's and Ethan Hawke's, and Ethan Hawke's uh, daughter. daughter. I was like, yeah. whoa. Crazy, right? Yeah. You, when you know. But then when you, then you know, you, you can't it, not like, see it. Yeah. 
Crazy. JD, what happens if the offer, though, people start raving about and saying how great it is? Are you going to turn then? And <laughs> I'm going to take full credit. <laughs> right. Me and Dr. Richard Bailey are going to take full credit for just a little hidden gem. Mm. I don't know if it's little. I don't know if people are watching it. I know it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, is anybody else watching this? Is anybody else loving this as it's much just as just so I much am? content. Like exactly. Said, it can exactly. get lost in the mix. So I know you don't usually watch like series mm. like this, but you do love The Godfather. This I do. be a pretty good one for you to I, I, I would like to watch that. Yeah. Where did, where did you say? Paramount? Plus. Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. All right. Not an, ad. Not an ad. <laughs> Not an ad. Not but an ad. Not the best uh, integration of an ad that I've What are we ever talking? Hour long episodes or half they're hour? About, they're about an hour long. Okay. But you, you know what? They fly by. You'll love it. Yeah. You'll love it. There it is. All right. JD uh, recommending the offer on Paramount Plus. Not an ad. <laughs> but it should be. Come on, Paramount Plus. But yeah. Seriously. All right. Let's call it there. <laughs> God, how um, many different streaming services are there these days? You know, so like splinter. we're so okay, splintered. Yeah, uh, how was anything popular? Uh, hey, let's name uh, them. This will be like us naming NBA uh, okay. games. HBO Plus, Max, Max. No, wait, wait, is it Plus or Max? That's Max. Max. Uh, HBO, Netflix, goes, yeah. HBO Apple good. Plus. Keep going. CNN CBS, Plus. What is it? On, CNN Plus. Nope. <laughs> no, no, uh, I know. Hulu. Right. Hulu. Right. Hulu yeah. yeah. Fubo. Fubu. Yeah. Pluto. Tubi. Roku. Kayo. Oh, uh, that may be just an Australian one. (laughs) You're just making one. Crackle, that's Canada. That's Canada, yep. Uh, Tinder. Nope, not not a streamer. (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching on Tinder? (laughs) I have an idea. uh, (laughs) Tinder Swindler was good. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) There's too much. YouTube Plus? Yeah, yes. YouTube Red? Or red. Yeah, no, I, think, I don't think it's red I don't anymore, think I call it yeah. red anymore. Uh, Sounds too porny. Yeah. <laughs> totally. uh, there's your Matt Austin show, by the way. Just Matt consuming content. Yeah. And uh, whatever the, the hot show is that, okay. or movie or whatever. There's two different Matt Austin shows a week then. We can do <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do one with Matt Olson and the other one with Matt Austin? <laughs> Matty-O's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to find... All Matty-O's. We need we three go. more Matty-O's who can make it. Why do we need three? Mate? One every day of the week. <laughs> All right. If oh, your name is tough. Matt and your last name starts with an O, get in contact with us. We have a great podcast idea. No Matt left behind. <laughs> then you eliminate the O's. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, uh, no, Matty O's sounds good. Uh, All right. Baseball player. We need the baseball player. There's a Matthew Olson baseball player. Does oh, yeah. he want to start a podcast? <laughs> Everybody Probably. does. So, yeah, I'm sure he does. We just got to pitch him on the right idea. Okay, let's call it there, guys. Pitch. pitch. Uh, email us your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We're hitting the beach tomorrow. Full beach stepping episode. Uh, so, get your cues in now or tweet them in at nodunksinc. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at nodunksinc. <laughs> Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Go ahead. Matt Austin Plus, new streaming service. <laughs> 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 That's good. I Thanks, like that. Jeremy Kai. Very, very good. And, 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 uh, again, a big thank you to everybody that's already donated to our charity drive for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. But if you haven't already, that link is still live. We hit 25,000 plus during this show. Love to get to 30K and ultimately hit our uh, goal there of uh, of eclipsing what we raised last year, which in the end was like 28,000 or something like that. So uh, if you haven't already and you've got some money you can help donate to a great great cause hit that link it's in the youtube comments and uh we'll keep tweeting it out and stuff like that otherwise we'll be back tomorrow stepping on the beach absolutely got the night off tonight i guess we can watch all these shows the offer and stranger things (laughs) sometimes i feel like i'm on severance 
Like, that's <laughs> what am I going to watch? This or that or this or that? You know, can't decide. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Severance is a show. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> no. Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Se- I started awesome, a show. I, I started it. Yeah. And I haven't finished it. Severed There's ties. too many things. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many things. Now, now he's got to watch. Ba- now he's got to watch baseball. Oh uh, yeah. He's screwed. Yeah. You're oh, not gonna be watching. You can't. You can't. You got to do what Rachel does. She is a one-show yeah. person. Respect. It's just kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah. But it, once she's into a show, that's all we're watching. Yeah. Like we're we're almost we're almost through the second season of Ozark because that's all she wants to watch. Nothing else. Yeah, that was good too. Jesus, it's so good. Shows, yeah. It's so good. And then there's and then there's this podcast too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Brace the day, people. <laughs>